energy. So the barber trims my beard all nice, like an artist. Now I didn't tell him to do that. I wanted the beard gone. So then I went home and shaved it off completely after I was done. I felt horrible. The passion. Rafael Devers is the biggest contract in franchise history. He needs to be a leader for this Red Sox team. The opinions on all your favorite teams. Are the Patriots close to playoff contention? Yes. Are they close to Super Bowl contention? Hell no. This is the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Brady Farkas Show here on a Tuesday on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. We've got a short show tonight. We're on for 40 minutes, 5.30 until 6.10. Then we give way to Red Sox baseball. Sox taking on the Colorado Rockies. Rockies won Last night in extra innings, a couple of tough errors for the Red Sox in that game, a couple of tough plays against the Sox, the Devers home run that was robbed, the Devers double play in the first inning. It all added up to a frustrating loss, and the Sox are back to under 500. The show is brought to you by Fecto Homes. They're your total home solution in Montpelier. You can see their big banner here as you watch the show on Facebook Live and YouTube Live. You can get in on the Ayer Auto text line. That's 802 585 3026. That's the Ayer Auto text line. They're online at AyerAutoSales.com. That's AyerAutoSales.com. They've got a uh, dealership component. They've got a collision component. I was there yesterday. Awesome people. Dave and his crew, just top shelf. Top shelf in every sense of the world from their word, from their service to their care to the to the extra mile they're willing to go for their customers. Again, 802-585-3026. A couple of one logistical thing. The intro is being changed on Thursday. Intern Tristan is going to make the new intro, right? He's young, he's fresh, he's got a good idea what he's doing. That's going to be his intern project on Thursday. So if you're tired of the intro, which has been around for three and a half months, like I am, then the new intro's coming on Thursday. That is a promise. Now, I got to start with this. Five, four, three, two, one. And. Here we go. The opening thoughts on the Brady Farkas Show are brought to you by Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber. Vermont's most complete locally owned home center with locations in Enosburg, Derby, Middlesex, St. Albans, and at Swanton Lumber. They're also at Rouse's Point, New York. They're online at sticksandstuff.com. I'm going to get to the NBA Finals in a minute, but i got to get to a Vermont issue here, and i got to address a message we just got. So I just did the afternoon news service right for 90 minutes, and in that 90 minutes, I spoke with both Calvin Cutler and Tim McQuiston, right? Calvin from WCIX, Tim McQuiston from Vermont Business Magazine. And we were talking in both cases about legalized sports gambling, which the governor is likely, in their words, to sign that tomorrow. It doesn't mean that gambling would become legal tomorrow. There would still be things to go through kind of by next Super Bowl or just after is kind of when this would happen. So it'd still be several months away from being officially able for us to go and place bets on things. So... I talked about sports gambling. We also talked about the Universal School Meals program with both Calvin and Tim McQuiston. And John, on the WDEV Facebook page, sent in a message that said, I just heard Brady say that some of the revenue from sports gambling could fund the Universal Meals program. And John continues on to say, "Doesn't Bra- I'm paraphrasing, doesn't Brady realize that the kids who need Universal Meals oftentimes would be a product of families that can't afford to give them meals 
because they are sports gambling and saying that gambling addiction basically is nothing to joke at. First and foremost, um, that's a pretty big jump. Okay, to, to say that people who gamble gamble away their money to the point where they can't feed their kids, that is a big jump. Has that happened in the history of the universe? Yes. Could it happen in Vermont? Yes. Am I sensitive to that? Yes. Every kid who can't afford a lunch is not going to be a product of their of their guardians' sports gambling. So that's number one. Number two, I never, ever said that. Okay, I never said that. I don't know enough about the Universal Meals program to say that. All I'm all I said to both Calvin and Tim McQuiston was the following. Calvin told us that sports gambling in Vermont through mobile betting is projected to bring in two million dollars in the first year and ten million after that. All I said to Calvin was that seems shockingly low. And I went and found in New Hampshire, that from 2021 to 2022, the state of New Hampshire brought in 21-ish million dollars in revenue from gambling. So I said to Calvin, I'm like, hey, if New Hampshire can bring in 21 million, why is Vermont only being projected at 10? That's what I said. The news is for me to ask questions and report on things. The news is not for me to give opinions. This is the show for me to give opinions. And I never gave that opinion. Okay, I believe that the state, if and when sports gambling goes online live, I believe the state will eventually make more than $10 million. Okay, That's what Calvin said the projections are. I believe it will eventually be more than that. Tim McQuiston said the state is always going to err on the side of being conservative when they give projections. And he also said New Hampshire is a different market. It's twice the population size. So we may not get to $21 million by year three. But I think we're absolutely going to get past $10 million by year three. Okay, I think that the state of Vermont is going to bring in more than $10 million. What the state of Vermont does with that, with that profit, with that state tax revenue, I am not smart enough to know. I am not a politician. I am not a guy who studies politics. If you want to know what Vermont should do with between $10 and $20 million of state revenue from sports gambling, call into Vermont Viewpoint. Ask for Kevin Ellis or Pat McDonald, and they will have a good idea of what that money could go for. Or listen to the news further, and I'll talk to Calvin, and he will tell us what that money is being set aside for. I did not say that sports gambling money can be used as a windfall for the Universal Meals Program. Okay, If the Universal Meals Program is going to exist, it's going to exist because people in power thought that it was worth existing. How they pay for it, that's for them to decide, not me. So I never, ever said that sports gambling revenue could go pay for that or anything else. All I told you was that I think sports gambling is going to bring in more than $10 million to this state eventually. Simple as that. Sports gambling has taken off all around the country. It's legal in most of the country. It's already been happening. Now it's going to be regulated, and that is going to ultimately be a good thing. And, and that's where I stand on it, and that's all I've said about it. So to John or anyone else who may have had the impression that I was saying, hey, sports gambling is a great thing because it can pay for universal meals, I never said that. I'm not smart enough to say that. All I'm smart enough to do is look at those facts from New Hampshire and say Vermont is going to be somewhat in that ballpark 
soon. $2 million is shockingly low for a projection. $10 million feels closer, also feels low. And I think Vermont will be will be better than that. Someone will benefit from that money that Vermont brings in every year. But I didn't lay out who exactly should benefit. 802-585-3026, A or auto text line. Now, let's talk about this. I have a question for you basketball fans. I have a question for you Celtics fans. I was listening to Colin Cowherd earlier today of Fox Sports Radio, one of the best sports radio people that there is out there. And Colin was talking about the Denver Nuggets. And he said that the Denver Nuggets are basically a model for the NBA to follow. They are a model for the NBA to follow in that they stayed patient, they stayed true to their vision, and they didn't go and blow things up. They just built and built and built, and they tweaked, and they stayed with it, and they kept hammering at home. They didn't go chasing major free agents. They are a model of consistency for the NBA. You know what? He is fairly right. Okay, You look at it. Mike Malone has been the head coach of the Denver Nuggets now for eight seasons. They've never gotten rid of him. Okay? He, they did not make the playoffs in his first three years. They did not get rid of him. One, two, three, four playoff appearances before they won the title. They did not get rid of him. Nikola Jokic has been in Denver for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years now. Jamal Murray has been in Denver for one, two, three, four, five, six, now seven years. And they've never blown it up. They've never gotten rid of these guys. The question is this. Do the Denver Nuggets and their success at staying patient, does that change how you believe about the Boston Celtics? Okay, what you think the Celtics' path should be. The Nuggets have shown in Collins' eyes that you can win by being patient. You can win with sticking with guys, with sticking with the core, with sticking with the coach. Do you believe the Celtics should do the same thing? A or auto text line, 802-585-3026. I'm going to make this as clear as possible. For me, it doesn't change anything. I have the same position today that I did about the Celtics yesterday, the day before, and the day before that. I would break up the Celtics. I would deal Jalen Brown. That said... I don't believe there's going to be a good move on the chessboard, so I think ultimately I am going to have to stay with Jalen Brown, and I am going to have to to keep this core together, but it is not my first choice. And what the Nuggets did was great, and what the Nuggets have done is special, and I am a huge proponent of building from within. I am a huge proponent of draft and develop. All the things the Celtics have done. The difference is for the Celtics is that I don't believe that they have what the Nuggets have, right? It's it's that simple for me, okay? One, the Nuggets have coach have had coaching stability. Celtics haven't had that. Brad Stevens, Ime Odoka, Joe Mazzulla, okay? You can tell with Mike Malone, Jokic, and Murray, those guys all love each other. They love their head coach. He loves them, 
and therefore there's a true loyalty to the organization and a true loyalty to each other. Celtics haven't had that. The dynamic to me is different. If these were the same situations, I'd probably say ride it out. But I don't believe they are the same situations. The Nuggets have had coaching stability. The Celtics have not. Also, okay, also, as a part of that stability, you can tell all three of those guys, again, love each other. I don't believe that's the case in Boston. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and the coach seem to act independently of each other. There does seem to be something disjointed about the Celtics. The Nuggets have chemistry. The Celtics don't. Not always and not enough all the time. So I believe that while the Nuggets were able to harness everything and power their relationships, you know, or have relationships and power them to a title, I don't think the Celtics have that. I would move on from Jalen Brown if I could. I don't believe he loves Jason Tatum like Jamal Murray loves Jokic. I don't believe that he wants to be here like Jokic wants to be in Denver. I don't believe that Jalen Brown fully values his teammates, and maybe Tatum too, like the other, like those guys value their teammates. They're just different. The dynamics are different. As a result, I would change it. But again, I think my hands are going to be tied. I look at Jalen Brown. He's a 26-year-old star. You don't have to think he's a superstar, but he's a star. He is an excellent player. I want him on my team. But I don't know that there's great value coming back for him, and therefore I think my hands are going to be tied. Right? Like, look, the Utah Jazz broke up Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, and what did they get? A whole lot of draft picks. And what are they doing? A rebuild that's going to take a while. I'm not interested in that. So trading Jalen Brown for three future first doesn't do me a lot of good. All that does is make me worse in the short term, which I don't want to get. Trading for Damian Lillard, a 33-year-old off-injured guard, I'm not really interested in that. All that has done is make me older and limit my window. I don't think that's a great move. Jason Tatum and Bradley Beal are great friends. Bradley Beal has been talked about forever. The chemistry would get better if Beal got dealt here. But another 30-something off-injured player. Jalen Brown probably is my best option. I'm just fearful that it's not going to work. I mean, Cowherd is right. The Nuggets are a testament to patience, and I applaud them for that. And they are the middle finger antithesis to everybody who just wants to be overreactive Monday morning quarterback and fire and trade everybody. I'm happy that the Nuggets have won, but it doesn't change how I feel about the Celtics because the Celtics have had their chance. And they don't have the same love for each other as Denver does. It's the Brady Farkas Show here on WDEV, AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Red Sox baseball comes up at 6:10 that is 25 minutes from now when we come back the New England Patriots have been given a gift for the second day in a row and this one has nothing to do 
with DeAndre Hopkins. I'll tell you what that is next on the Brady Farkas Show, brought to you by Fecto Homes on DEV. Better than Brady does? Text in with your thoughts at 802-585-3026. Now it's back to the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. Welcome back in, Brady Farkas Show, right here on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. For the second straight day, the New England Patriots have been given a gift. Yesterday, it was that DeAndre Hopkins is coming to visit soon, and they have a chance to close a deal with the premier free agent that's still on the market and with you know, a receiver that would represent an upgrade over what they have currently and would add to, you know, and make a fairly nice overall group. That was yesterday's gift. Today's gift is what's happening in Buffalo. The Buffalo Bills, this is something to watch. I can't say that they are imploding, but they are on a very dangerous path right now as an organization. Yesterday was the report day for mandatory minicamp. Wide receiver Stephon Diggs showed up for that. And then today, Stephon Diggs did not come to the team function, did not come to mandatory minicamp. And Sean McDermott, the head coach, said that he's concerned about this. Diggs' trainer came out and said that basically he doesn't think the organization has done enough to kind of figure out what happened last year and why the team didn't win the Super Bowl. And we all remember in that playoff game, that loss against Cincinnati, Stephon Diggs being very, very vocal and very, very angry about what was happening with the Buffalo Bills. Felt like he had missed an opportunity. And yes, it's only June 13th, and no, we're not going to be at training camp for another month and a half, and we won't be playing for another two and a half months. So this does have time to get better. But but this is something to watch for, that maybe the Buffalo Bills will just tear themselves apart and the Patriots can have an easier opportunity. Because I have seen this before, okay? We have seen this before, where teams that are really good, that are supposed to be around for a while, end up disintegrating on themselves, and they end up costing themselves big time, right? I remember my Seahawks. Suit 2014, Super Bowl against the Patriots. Throw the ball at the goal line. Should have handed it to Lynch. Intercepted by Malcolm Butler. That Seahawks team was full of future Hall of Famers. Russell Wilson, Richard Sherman, Bobby Wagner, Marshawn Lynch, maybe. Okay, a Hall of Fame coach in Pete Carroll. That team was full of Hall of Famers. That team should have been around for a long time. What happened? The infighting became too much. The defensive guys couldn't believe that the offense screwed up so bad. So Sherman and those guys were all resentful of the offense. They were all resentful of Russell Wilson. And the team just became a shell of itself. And a team that should have had a five-year run and could have been a dynasty ended up having a two-year run of being really, really good. And the whole thing then just kind of disintegrated. If the Buffalo Bills don't watch themselves carefully, that could be them. And the Patriots could be here to benefit from it. Right? The wide receiver position is known as the diva position. Wide receivers are known as divas. So, Stephon Diggs is mad that the team lost in the playoffs. He thinks the organization has not done enough to figure out why we backstepped last year. 
maybe has, figured, has thought they haven't done enough to address that stuff this offseason, and now he's speaking out. He's speaking out with his actions by saying, I'm not going to come. The head coach is now answering questions about you. The head coach is saying that he's concerned. All his teammates are being asked about this. This is a story. And this is a story that won't go away. This is a story that won't go away at training camp. This is a story that's going to be asked about on the first day of training camp. And as it becomes a bigger and bigger snowball, and as it becomes a bigger and bigger distraction, there's a chance that the Buffalo Bills lose their spot atop the perch of the AFC East, and the Patriots are there to benefit from it. Sometimes the NFL is not about getting your own break. It's about capitalizing on breaks that somebody gives to you, and the Buffalo Bills falling apart at the seams would certainly be a, would certainly be a good start. Because the Buffalo Bills have one of the most talented quarterbacks in the league, one of the most talented receivers in the league. The Buffalo Bills have one of the most talented offenses in the league. And if one of those principal players goes into the season resentful and unhappy, we know how that goes. Okay, You don't usually come back from that as a team. Now, does it mean the Bills will go from 12-5 and five to 8-9? and nine? No. But does it mean they have the ability to slip up more than often and, and let the Patriots get in the back door? Yeah, it does. And as a Patriots fan, that's all I'm asking for is a chance. That's all I'm asking for is a chance that this thing can be better than we think it is. The Bills winning two less games would be massive, especially if one of them is against New England. This is a real story. Teams will cannibalize themselves. And maybe the Buffalo Bills are doing just that. It's the Brady Farkas Show. Brought to you by Fecto Homes on WDEV, AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Um, Texter says, I'm glad you're getting a new intro on Thursday. Yes, I am. I'm glad I'm getting a new intro as well. That is for sure. Um, another thing on Buffalo is they went out and signed, I want to say it was Leonard Floyd, right? Leonard Floyd, the old linebacker for the Rams. Um they went and signed him last week, and I'm trying to think about the money. But uh, let's see if I can find that money real quick. Yeah, the Bills got Leonard Floyd. I know that. I haven't seen the money yet, but it's immaterial. The Bills went and signed a defensive player in Leonard Floyd. People don't love that move. Okay, people don't love that move. Not everybody is um, enjoying that move for Buffalo, saying they're addressing the wrong things. They needed X, Y, or Z. So now you have a player who's upset, and you have a team that maybe is going after some luxury pieces where they don't have weaknesses, and they're paying now for things that they didn't need. So, yeah, cannibalizing themselves is certainly a possibility. Um, all right, let's see. Um, Red Sox game was frustrating last night. I told you the Rockies are the most irrelevant team in baseball, and a lineup full of team of players and pitchers you've never heard of came into Fenway and won yesterday. And I mean, you get bases loaded, nobody out against Connor Siebold and can't score. That that that's got to be a six spot. You make an error, at Kike it short. You make an error in extra innings after a lengthy rain delay. You come out not focused if you're Casas. That that's a problem. 
again, the Red Sox were expected to be somewhere between slightly above and slightly below average. This is kind of where they were projected to be. But everybody has turned them into having bigger and better goals. If bigger and better goals are going to be the goal, then you've got to find a way to win last night's game. The Rockies are not as good as you, and here you are in a spot to lose the series tonight. And I would have started Yoshida yesterday. Yoshida comes off the bench in extras and gets an RBI single, or gets a, a single to make it first and third. And I'm like, well, where was that innings one through six, or, or one through nine? I would have liked to see Yoshida start that game. Um, all right, 802-585-3026. Texter says, yeah, the Red Sox can't play defense. Yeah, I'm telling you, the Red Sox can't play defense. However, they have done some things to address this. And on the other side of the break, I am going to talk about this. Alex Cora came out today a little while ago and said that Tristan Casas is going to play less first base. Justin Turner is going to play more of it. So we'll see when I give you the lineups how everything looks. But Casas probably more at DH or Casas more on the bench. Kike Hernandez is going to play less shortstop. He's going to play more second base and he's going to play more center field. And they're going to use kind of their best defensive alignment. If that includes Yu Chang when he's healthy, and if that includes Pablo Reyes, then it includes those two. But it doesn't include Kike Hernandez. So the Red Sox are trying to address their defense, and they are changing their offense, and they're changing their uh, their lineup construction as a result of it. So we'll see if it works today. Again, that lineup I'll have for you in about five minutes after the CBS News update. But, man, yesterday's game was frustrating. And it timed out perfectly for me, too, right? Like, I'm watching the NBA Finals. I'm flipping back and forth between the Sox and the NBA Finals. NBA Finals ends, and now we're back to the Sox coming out of the rain delay, and boom, they first and third, nobody out. And then it ends up, like, two seconds later, game is over. And that's it. And just, you lose a game at home, you shouldn't lose. CBS News update is coming up next, and then... Yeah, with the Red Sox doing some reshuffling here of how they're handling business, I think one Red Sox player is going to find himself on the trade block. I'll tell you who that is and why coming up next here in the Brady Farkas Show, brought to you by Fecto Homes, your total home solution in Montpelier. ESPN, and you're listening to Brady Farkas Show right here on WDEV and WDEVradio.com. Welcome back in, Brady Farkas Show here on DEV. I don't think it's going to happen yet. But I think Kike Hernandez is on his way to being traded from the Red Sox. I don't know what's going to come back in a trade. I don't know who he's going to go to. But I think Kike Hernandez is on his way to being traded. So I told you in the last hour, right before we broke, that Alex Cora says Kike Hernandez is going to play less shortstop now, like a lot less shortstop, and is going to play more second base and more center field. And that's fine for right now. But when Trevor Story comes back, I don't see a real path, barring injury, to a lot of playing time for Kike Hernandez. Of course, injury can change things. But the show is today. The show is not in a month. So today, I'm looking at a roster squeeze, and I'm wondering eventually where Kike Hernandez fits. Okay? Because I look in the outfield and I think, Jaron Duran is there and they've said he's going to stay. Masataka Yoshida is there. Adam Duvall is there. Alex Verdugo is there. Rob Snyder is there. There are already five outfielders 
on this team. Then you throw Kike in, that's six. Like that's a that that is a lot of outfielders, and Kike's not going to play every game. Okay, then well, Brady, what about Kike playing at second base? They like Christian Arroyo. Now, there's an easier path there. If they just want to make Kike the second baseman and you let Arroyo be their bench guy, that that could work. But again, Kike Hernandez is not necessary at second base. And when Trevor Story comes back, you're going to see even more of a roster crunch. Story is going to be locked into the DH position. Turner's going to have to play first. And then... You know, they're going to be rotating all those outfielders. There's going to be less room out there. Kind of the only path for Kike is at second. And when they bring Yu Chang back, do they want Chang in the infield and not Kike? Okay, maybe Chang comes back and, and Reyes goes down, but you're just starting to see the moving pieces, and there's a bigger squeeze there on Kike Hernandez. And then when Story can play the infield, I mean, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves now talking about August. Story can play short, and Chang can play second, or Arroyo can play second. I just think Kike Hernandez is getting less and less necessary as the season goes on. There's less and less room for him. And I think Kike Hernandez has trade value. I don't think Christian Arroyo has trade value. I think if you called up a team and said, hey, I got a, I got a middle infielder, outfielder for you who can hit for a little bit of pop, do you want him? I think a lot of teams would say yes. So I think Kike Hernandez, given the fact that he doesn't have as much of a place on this roster and given the fact that he would be valuable on someone else's roster, I, I just think we're setting up for a spot where Kike Hernandez is, is potentially not going to be a Red Sox player by the end of the, uh, or by the trade deadline. Story comes back at DH, he complicates things. The outfield is already complicated. Chang's coming back, that's complicated. Arroyo's there, that's complicated. They don't have trade value, but Kike does. To me, it seems, and we can ask TC this tomorrow. But to me, it feels like Kike Hernandez might not be there. And I like Kike, and he works hard, and he's got a good personality, and he's a good leader, and he was great for this team in 2021. But shortstop didn't really work, and as a result, he's kind of left as a as a man without a country. I don't know how he really fits moving forward. Sox lineup looks like this: the Rockies are twenty-eight and forty, the Red Sox are thirty-three and thirty-four. Chase Anderson pitches for Colorado. He's 0-0 with a 2-2-5 ERA. Hasn't pitched that much. Jerickson Profar is the DH again. Ezekiel Tovar, the prospect, is at short. Ryan McMahon is at third. The catcher, once again today, is Elias Diaz. The Nolan Jones, the guy who made the great catch in right yesterday, is in right again. He's batting fifth. Randall Gritchick is in left. Mike Moustakis is in the lineup at first. The second baseman is Harold Castro, and the Center fielder is once again Brenton Doyle. Alex Verdugo in right. Masataka Yoshida in left. Justin Turner's at DH. Third baseman is Devers. Duvall is in center. Tristan Casas. Or, uh, I'm sorry, let's see. De- Turner at first. Devers at third. Duvall in center. Casas at DH. I think I said that wrong before. Arroyo's at second. Reese McGuire's the catcher. Pablo Reyes is at shortstop. 
So Kike Hernandez is not in this lineup today. And that's further proof, proof of what I'm saying. They have chosen not to use him in the outfield today. They have chosen him. They have chosen not to use him at second. Something to monitor for sure. Go download the podcast, everybody. I'll see you tomorrow. Go Sox here on DEV. It's time for the Mass Mutual Red Sox pregame show. Proudly brought to you by Mass Mutual. Mass Mutual. 